Hello, and welcome to the Patio Slave Podcast. I'm here with my friends Anthony and Nate. How you guys doing tonight? What's going on? What is up? The weekend is upon us. Oh yeah, it's Friday, so we're back here recording uh, episode six. Uh, it is Friday, April 17th, 2020. Uh, everybody's still on lockdown, so we're all in three different locations again, California and a couple of uh, remote locations in the sunny state of Maine. Um Want to start off with our socials, just because uh, we were doing it at the end for the first couple episodes, so now we're trying to get them up front so you guys can hear them. Um, if you want to hit us up, we are on Patio Slave on Instagram, at Patio Slave. We are on Twitter, at Patio Slave. And then if you uh, feel like shooting us an email, we're at Patio Slave Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. So if you're listening um, in any of these places that we've checked out over the last couple of weeks, Ireland, United Kingdom, Puerto Rico, uh, Japan, and then obviously the United States. We've seen stuff from California, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Oregon this week, Colorado, Florida this week, Illinois. Um, we love to hear from you guys, and we're so happy that you're listening. So drop us a line, either you know, direct message in one of those two social media platforms or shoot us an email. Um, that would be really cool. So that being said, uh, this past week we kind of talked about um, we we mentioned so many different bands every week. Maybe we should throw a playlist up, um, just consisting of the bands that we talk about throughout that week's episode. So, look for that on the social media platforms over the next couple of days. Once we get this app up, I'll run through it and find some stuff, and we'll we'll put together a playlist for you guys to kind of jam out to that goes along with what we were listening to, to this week and what we talked about this week on the episode. So, with that being said, I'm gonna turn over to Twan to give you a rundown of what we're doing tonight. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. In the playlist, just to get back to that, is you're going to see the kind of diversity of the podcast and then the diversity uh, amongst the three of us, certainly, with uh, different genres, you name it. I mean, if you're listening, you know everything we've touched. But So as far as, far as tonight goes, uh, we'll get into kind of a normal rundown. I know we want to hit on uh, Ticketmaster again, uh, just mm-hmm. some music odds and ends, kind of what we're listening to, new stuff, any headlines that caught our eyes. And then, um, you know, one of those headlines was The weekend, um, who's more on the R&B side. We'll touch upon what's going on with him and his latest release. But the bulk of this episode, the meat of the episode, um, which, again, all these <laughs> have been very timely, is uh, show regrets. So right now we have a lot of show regrets because we can't see any shows. So we'll uh, look at, you know, what shows... We had to know about them in the time, and we'll get into it when we get in the segment, but um, shows that we knew about that we couldn't go to, didn't go to, or uh, had to eat the tickets for, and I'm excited for that. So that's kind of what's on the docket. With that said, Nate, uh, what's going on with your buddies over at Ticketmaster? (laughs) Oh, man. They are relentless. They really are. Ethics is not part of their uh, repertoire. Like they just, unfortunately, just don't care. Um, yeah. So they have changed their refund policy, um, kind of behind the scenes. They didn't really uh, go out and say it uh, like you would with a, uh, you know, any kind of anything you sign up for. Usually, if there's any any change at all, you're supposed to. I, I believe it's. I don't know if it's law per se, but you're supposed to, you know, let your consumers know that you know, something's changing, even if they say change without notice, you should still kind of give a heads up uh, just for good karma alone. Uh, so Ticketmaster changed their return policy 
to previous was any can uh, any postponed events um you know you'll get a refund and now it's just straight up any canceled events you'll get a refund uh obviously everything's canceled right now so uh or postponed right being postponed that's the thing they're trying to hide that exactly so i mean it just puts a lot of pressure on people that are maybe financially strained and maybe when when times were good bought a bunch of tickets uh, I know we've talked about the tickets that I have kind of just sitting in my drawer. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be able to use those. And when I can use them, I don't even know if I'll be where I'm going to be living. Am I still going to be interested in going into a giant crowd? Uh, so that, you should have the option to, to get a refund. I mean, it's just there's no way around it, especially if that was the policy prior to a pandemic. Um, yeah, nobody saw this coming, right? I mean, this was yeah. one of those things where um, – the sad part is most of these contracts, most of these things that we all don't read, the fine print, at the mm -hmm. bottom, it's subject to change without notice. And that that line just needs to go away, right? Absolutely. Like that just is not fair to any any consumer in any any walk of life or in any goods and services you're getting provided by a company. And in this case, they're not even providing the goods and services. They're just giving you a printed piece of paper to allow you into a show where the band is giving you the goods and services. So exactly. for that to be – that that line just is always going to irk people, and it's always going to allow these companies to get away with stuff like this. Fortunately, there's been a lot of groundswell um, as far as fans – being really upset with the way Ticketmaster has handled that. Live Nation has handled that, mm -hmm. um, going after him on social media. And a couple of lawmakers, I know there's somebody in Michigan uh, and I think somebody in New York that were kind of bringing this up and, and trying to make a formal investigation into the situation because, like anything, they're just trying to hang on to that money even though most of these people can't go to these said postponed shows that we don't even have dates for. Um, and they used to be able to get a refund for that. And now they... In the middle of the night, Ticketmaster goes on their website, changes that, the wording of their their uh, refund policy, and now you can't get your money back because that show is going to be postponed, and it might not be till August of 2021, but mm -hmm. you should be able to go to that. Just deal with it. Keep, we're keeping the money. And yeah. you, uh, you said something I didn't even think about, which is because the actual date of when the show is going to happen is unknown, you don't know if you're going to live in that location. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, we don't know what venues are going to survive coming out exactly. of this, which means the show could be in a different location than what you signed up for. Um, yep. And the other thing is, if they're keeping your money hostage, then it's the whole opportunity cost of your own money. They're tying up money. So for Nate, I know you have mm -hmm. probably won't say the amount of money you've in, uh, invested in shows right now, but... Um, yeah. You have a lot tied up in shows, and you now you don't have that money. You can't invest it. You now they they can invest it. I'm you know I'm sure it's in some you know uh, low risk or, CD or, or some, some bullshit. Low yeah. risk. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's Jesus. This like the more we talk about this, the more it gets unraveled, and it's more of a shit show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and they're you know they're a publicly traded company, so they're looking out for their shareholders. They're looking out obviously for their own sake. Um, it's 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 just there's really no way around it. It's just it's greed. It's it's not ethical. It really doesn't make sense. We were talking about this beforehand, that and even on the prior episode that Live Nation owns uh, a pretty large majority of at least large venues, amphitheaters in particular. Uh, they do own House of Blues as we discussed. Um, and even some arenas in the middle, so basically small, medium, large. Um, so 
to uh, the one of some of their rationale was, well, the venues hold the money. Well, that's not if you guys are owning the venues, you just can't pull that. You can't use that excuse, unfortunately. It's just not it doesn't fly. So the amount of transparency that we do have and these companies trying to, you know, have a blanket statement, you can't do that because it just doesn't apply. It doesn't apply to all the venues. And ethically, you can't change your policy during a pandemic. I mean, you really shouldn't change it anytime, you know, without any good reason. Like, so to change it during a pandemic where everyone's panicking, I mean, there's the unemployment rate is at an, all-time, at an yeah. all-time high. So imagine being in that situation. I mean, I feel very grateful that I'm, I'm employed. Um, and, but even, even with that said, you know, like, like you said, Tuan, like, what if I wanted to invest this money otherwise? Or save it, or you buy know, groceries. Buy groceries, exactly. Donate it, you know. Um, yeah, and like it is a hostage scenario. I feel like I'm just kind of being on this waiting list. Uh, and and to your point about the venues, Nate, and how they own a decent amount. Live Nation owns a lot of venues, so Ticketmaster came out, or Live Nation came out and said, "Yeah, um, we don't. As soon as we sell those tickets, we give the money to the venues. That's complete horseshit. They don't exactly. give the money to the venues until the show has happened." That way they're not taking a bath if it gets canceled because, say, Axl Rose doesn't show up or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're just being shady about it and saying, yeah, no, that, as soon as they pay us, we're giving that money right over to the venue so the venue can do what they need to with it. No, no they're not. They're, that money, and A, they own a lot of the venues, so if they're giving it to the venues, they're giving it to themselves. And B, if they don't own the venue, they're not giving it to them until this show is absolutely certain it's going to happen, in which case they can... Now, okay, we'll give you your cut, but they've made their money already. So, yeah, it, it's hard to swallow. It's hard to fathom why anybody would be that way, especially, in, like you said, during this pandemic when people are trying to scrape by to, you know, buy some macaroni and cheese in a box. Mm-hmm. But yeah, instead, Ticketmaster, uh, they have your Pearl Jam money invested in Bitcoin and Litecoin. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, that's not doing well either. Yeah, so. that's not so. <laughs> And we don't want to, you know, we don't want to throw just one company under the bus uh, or a, a dual company as it is Live Nation slash Ticketmaster, but also a- AEG, uh, yep. which is another power uh, powerhouse in the music industry. They're, I guess they're, they probably saw what was happening with Ticketmaster Master when they were like, well, we're still going to try to get away with murder here. We're going to give you a 30-day window. Um, I don't know how many people that have tickets will see that news or be inclined to you know, to, to get the refund right away. Um, and I'm sure there's stipulations even with that. Um, but, I mean, come on. I mean, 30 days, I get it. That's that's giving in comparison to Ticketmaster and Live Nation for sure. Um, yeah. but, so I, mean, here, I got a question for you guys then. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this 30-day window. Yep. You have recently been laid off. Not you guys, but just yet, hypothetically, someone's recently been laid off, and they need to decide whether they're going to call up this AEG number to try to get their couple hundred bucks back for tickets over the summer or the unemployment line they can't get through you know like this shouldn't this should not be a worry for these people they should be able to just get their money back exactly. so that that there's just the the supreme shadiness of the situation altogether it's, it's just maddening you know what the 30 days reminds me of it reminds me of well it's them it's them just covering their ass saying hey we gave you a chance so it's like yep. me saying hey i called you the other day but it went straight to voicemail. You know, you didn't even get an opportunity to answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's all bullshit. Yeah. But that's a cover your ass thing. That's hey, we yeah. made an effort. You didn't take advantage of it, um, and they'll do Pound well. Fine. They'll do yeah. 
they'll do well financially because of it. They'll. Yep. I didn't even think about what you said, Tone, with the fact that you know, with the unemployment line line being uh, notoriously tied up right now. In fact, I I was reading something yesterday that it actually just hangs up on people, so they don't even you know really get through it all. But um, and I mean, they've they're experiencing numbers that they've never heard before, so that's yeah. that's difficult, and it's different in every state. But yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's an infrastructure thing, probably. Um, but that kind of ma- made me think about AEG. You know, do they have the infrastructure to support? Uh, you know, that they'll, maybe they'll be in the same situation where they just can't handle it, and then people are being left out. The 30 days goes past, and then everyone's kind of SOL. Um, and they're okay with that. <laughs> exactly, yeah, they're off yeah, the hook. Exactly. We made an effort. Um, it was a shitty effort, and you didn't take advantage of it because we didn't have the infrastructure. But we still made an effort. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and it's, then uh, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's really bad. And uh, you know, we were looking at ticket. If you go to uh, anyone that's listening, Ticketmaster or Live Nation, their Instagram pages uh, in particular, probably I would assume Twitter as well, uh, and Facebook. Um, if you go to the comment section, it's like a, dig- a digital riot. Everyone's pissed. <laughs> But the advertisements that are being that's put up. That's a great name. We should have called this podcast Digital Riot. <laughs> that's a great one. I know. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see because the, they'll have like these, you know, heartwarming advertisements. Oh, Live Nation, we we bring the music to the people. We're all about unity. And then you go to the comment section. Everyone's as livid as we are on this podcast right now. Where it's like, I don't care about your like fake, like pretending to be a messiah advertisement we just want our refunds and everyone it's every single comment i literally couldn't find one comment that was like yeah you guys are great you guys are a great company thanks for bringing the music to the people not <laughs> there's not one comment that i could find well speaking of digital riots so a lot of the i mean we've talked about this in past episodes but a lot of the bands obviously they're starting to announce hey the tour is postponed or now it's indefinitely postponed or into next year well, yep. when they make those posts on social, their fans are bullshit. Um, one, because the show's canceled, but two, they're asking for a refund. Where's my refund? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. their hands are tied. They don't have really anything to do with that piece of it. And it really sucks because they can't, they can't control their brand. And I, I hate using that word in like the, mu- you know, but the reality yep. is it's like, yes, they, they can't control the brand because the money's tied up not with them right but you feel bad for the bands too because like they, they're just trying to they're, they're stuck they have to do that they have to use yeah. these venues they have to if they want to make any money because a lot of their money is made there i know they do okay in streaming but with those numbers being down too that's kind of difficult but they, they that's their bread and butter right like touring especially for your mid-level to lower level bands coming up is is making money on tour they have to grind they have to be in the van the van they have to go from city to city and um to be kind of at the beck and call of this conglomerate that just owns the venue and owns the ticket service and is changing policies to to mess with fans and you, you look bad even though you didn't do anything it's just not it's just not good yeah well, you were saying, I was just thinking about this for a second. Um, because if the events are canceled, it's being done by the band, like you were saying, by the band and their management. Um, and I'm just trying to put myself in that position for a second because I'm a fan, obviously, and I have tickets to these shows. So if R- the Rolling Stones or Pearl Jam, I keep mentioning the, those because those are the tickets that they have, which are, it's all that money kind of being held up. If those bands 
cancel the tours. Let's use Pearl Jam as an example because I was waiting in line, digital in that digital line or whatever, and I was a verified fan. I went through the whole process, still got through somehow. A lot of people didn't get through to these tickets at all, uh, so I was lucky, really lucky to get six shows. If they cancel, I get my money back. So I'm happy about that because Ticketmaster is not willing to to meet me halfway. But then it then am I going to be pissed as a fan thinking, oh, man, well, now I'm like screwed because if mm-hmm. these shows do get rebooked, I have to go through that whole process oh, wow. again. And I might not be able to get into the show well, at all now. And Jesus. the other thing with that is the big bands can cancel because they're OK, but the small bands can't like they need that that show they need that big. You know what I mean? So like Pearl Jam could just say, yeah, we cancel. We'll we'll re-up. And it might be the time they wanted to re-up for the postponement, but for their fans to get their money back, let's just say they cancel so you get your money back, and then they just re-up when they can. And just, you know, that's maybe that's the help. Maybe that's how fans get after those guys and say, hey, just cancel the shows, and then re-up them when you can, and we'll go and we can all go again. And then you yeah. get your money back as a fan. And it would be for big bands. It wouldn't be for the small ones. The small ones can't do that, but the big ones can. Yeah, it's a little complicated. I could totally Very- see Ticketmaster posturing and positioning the if they do cancel it as um oh no if they if they keep the shows and do just do the postpone route them just saying hey we're protecting you you can still get into this show yeah getting to yeah. what you said nate so you no one mm-hmm. has to wait in line again so they'll they'll be the the saviors oh hey we got you you know the show's gonna happen don't worry we'll take care of it you know that yeah. lip service so you don't have There's to get a- don't, don't have to worry about getting shut out there is that angle, but there should still be the option. It shouldn't be one or the other. And that's right. why, like, the existing policy made sense because it wasn't, you know, post if it's postponed or if it's can- if it's canceled, no matter what, you get a refund. So the fact that they're even saying that, it's like, well, obviously, you can't just, like, take money and run. Right. Um, right. This, this isn't fire. We mentioned fire. This isn't fire festival. Uh, <laughs> that's, right. like the, that's the one example where that worked and obviously didn't work long term. But because um, that's still going on, I think, behind the scenes. But uh yeah, so I mean, I, if I wanted the option as a fan, I went through all that process. I waited in line, literally was on my phone buying these shows um, for like four and a half hours, I think it took, to get out everything. Um, so, yeah, I would at least like the option. Like me and my wife were talking, like, all right, you know what, maybe, let's say if this refund policy still existed like it did three months ago, two months ago. Um I would I would probably cancel at least a few. Sh- I would probably get a refund on at least a few shows. Yep. Like right. I'd be like, I'll go to San Diego and LA one and LA two. The Bay Area shows I'll probably take my refund, and the Phoenix show I'll definitely take my refund. But now mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, like you said, it's all hostage. I have no option. I just have to wait, wait and see what happens. And then you were saying tone with, you know, bigger bands are lucky. Uh, you know, they have that kind of luxury. But interestingly enough, like the Rolling Stones still tour. At their age, where they need, they don't need any money, but it's just so much revenue that they continue to do. And I think they love to do it right. too. But it's just so yeah, it's much. Yeah, both. Yeah, it's just so much money. So there's got to be some real drive for Mick Jagger to want to move the way he does at his age. I mean, it's just seems yeah, insane. To I just, me. But. I just hope that, like, I mean, that as far as this situation goes, and it's unprecedented. Obviously, the coronavirus has changed the world. Um, in our lifetime and probably the next lifetime and beyond. Like, it's just going to be um, something that we're all living with for the rest of our days. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it doesn't – people people that have um, the means to help those people, maybe they cancel. Maybe they just say, yeah, we're going to cancel these sh- – wink, wink, nod, nod. We're canceling these shows. But 
Phoenix, when we can get back there, we're going to be there. And uh, San Diego and L.A. and San Francisco and wherever they're going, uh, Seattle, those shows will be rescheduled. They'll be a completely different, just change the name, add a two to it, like do something to make it so that they can get out of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can't. Maybe maybe Ticketmaster has them over the barrel with that too. And the, the wording of their contract with those venues is you can't cancel for no reason, even though this is obviously a good reason, but I'm sure they have it written up so that they don't lose their money. They're pretty good at that. Yeah. Oh, man, Twan, do you want to – I know we were looking at uh, something um, about when concerts are going to come back in general. I think we were – we kind of made this prediction, but now it's officially in the press. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw something about uh, fall 2021, and we can kind of pivot this to just kind of general music uh, music discussion for the week, and then this fits into that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. To late 2021 uh, yeah. is what a um, – one of the estimates said, and you know, again, it's just, just a kind of finger in the wind. No one really knows, but if that did happen, <laughs> that would suck so bad. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That follows the timeline of um, getting a vaccination for the, the coronavirus, right? Like they said 12 to 18 months once they figured out what it was. Um, that just means we're looking at the middle to end of next year because we're only a month, month and a half, two months into this as far as the United States is concerned. So it's going to take them another 10 to, you know, whatever, 14, 15 months to figure this out. And once they get that and get trials and all that, that's the the ballpark figure. So we're hoping that it's obviously earlier than that. Like, I would love to think that more things, more uh, entities are just focusing their time and energies on getting this taken care of so people can go back to living a relatively normal life, music included, and maybe we're back at the end of the year or early next year. But yeah, October 2021, man, that sounds like a long time. I don't know if I can go that long without going to a show. I don't know about you guys, but that's a long time. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring it up because California, our governor made a a separate statement saying not even 2021. He's like, whenever the vaccine is approved and essentially, don't quote me on this, but essentially like everyone's been treated. Like every like, so you got to imagine like the whole population, like getting the vaccine, clinical trials, uh, and then having or a majority of the population tested at least, then treated. Like that's like that's more than that's like twenty twenty three maybe. That's a long ass time, you know. Um, and to any with any kind of pivot, like you're saying, we don't want to live that long without events. Uh, music's seems like it's off the table for a while, but. Um, Athletics-wise, PGA made made an announcement yesterday that they were going to do a a tournament with just no audience. It's a little bit probably – I guess it's easier with golf. Yeah, I I would think. That that would be (laughs) one. That's probably the only sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you think about it. Pretty much. Well, because it's it's like when Tiger and Phil did that one-on-one. I mean, it wasn't technically one-on-one because there were the camera crew and and some crowd, but it was light, light crowd. Mm -hmm. So it's possible for that, but for – for music, I don't know. And where my head went, Nate, when you were saying 2022 is mm-hmm. kind of what the some like you know externalities and you know what 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 does that actually mean? Well, that that means mm-hmm. you might not get a Rage reunion tour ever. Like this, oh yeah, yeah right? this was a time and place getting ramped up for the election. Like this is our tour. I assume yeah. that was the reason. You might that might not happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's all these pockets of. Uh, maybe reunion shows that aren't going to happen or 
bands touring off a certain album for you know because it's 2020 so any, anything in 2000 is 20 years old i know that's a hot play is yep. um the album tour so would, would a band even bother doing that at year 22 you know what i mean yeah right, yeah that brings up an amazing point because 2000 was such a huge year for for music and just so many global events that you just you can't just like put i mean even the olympics going from 2020 to 2021 yet yeah, it hasn't even happened yet but there was like i remember seeing those advertisements when i was in japan in like you know 2002 like oh man that's gonna be so awesome and now it's 2021 it just kind of throws whatever advertising money they already put into it but for, yeah for anniversaries for shows like bands like raging that's raging against the machine such a good good pull because like there's clearly some inner band dynamics where like it's hard to get Zach to even want to tour at all. So yeah, he might just be like, Oh, maybe this was like a blessing in disguise. I'm, I'm done guys. That was like, we almost did it, but I'm, I'm good. Kind of like uh, the rhyme and reason tour in 2000 that got canceled, you know, my, you know, the BC guy from BC boys, Mike D broke his leg and they're just like, all right, like that's the end of it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yep. Oh, These man. are crazy times we're living in, guys. I mean, <laughs> it's just every day it's something new, and who even knows what tomorrow's going to bring. I'm just glad that we're all happy and healthy and making a podcast for music nerds. <laughs> exactly. There's still, even in these times, there's actually possibly more possibly more content. There's no shortage of content in these so times. So much stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that kind of um, brings us into uh, another story that we, we had talked about um bringing to you guys this week was uh the weekend it, it, with content being big i think the podcast space is obviously pretty saturated the musical space is typically pretty saturated but because of this a lot of bands are pulling their music um their releases that were supposed to happen i know we, even this week newfound glory was going to push theirs right swan yeah i saw that they were going to um yeah they pushed it actually it might have been this week to for a couple months they pushed it back for a few months yeah. yeah and they're not the only ones it's not just a newfound glory thing but the weekend um a few weeks back dropped his album his album that um has stayed at number one for a month just about a month now and part of the reason for me is is it's really good and part of the reason for me is that a bunch of bands and, and music has just not this trickle it's slowed down to a trickle there isn't as much coming out so uh not nate taking away from the the, the weekend at all I, I think the album's awesome i've listened to it a couple times now he's talented as hell so uh, very very fun to listen to very you know chill end of the night you know having a having a cocktail chilling on your couch it, it, it's fun but um, I think a lot of that might be because you know we're we're missing out on a lot of things that we're supposed to come out around now, getting ready for summer tours. Yeah, and um, well, where my head went, with, so Newfound Glory they pushed back the release of their album for a couple months, and not that they would have made a play at the weekend, but they're just an example of pushing it back. They wanted their fans to have the experience to go to the record store to pick up the record, which obviously they can't do, but. I would if I was a if I was kind of a a band that would debut in the t in the Billboard 100 I would maybe take a um, contrarian approach to say hey no one's dropping get it out there let's make a run let's make a run at uh, you know at the charts now number wise they probably wouldn't sell as much but relative to uh, the other artists in competition there wouldn't be much competition yes well, and we said a couple weeks back, um, if you've got a following as a band, even if you're mid-level or whatever, if you put an album out, 
your fans are gonna find it. Yeah. So exactly. and where their you know, content is, you know, everybody's at home listening to music, watching TV, listening to hopefully listening to us. Um, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they could listen to their if your fa- if my favorite band put an album out tomorrow, I would be listening to it. Or one of my many favorite bands puts an album out tonight or tomorrow, I'm listening to it. Um, Absolutely. So, whether or not it's this, you know, coronavirus time or not, but because I've got more time on my hands, I'm working a little bit less and differently than I used to. I'm listening to whatever gets put out if it's something that I'm interested in. Yeah, the way I look at it, it's like it's just another, it's something to look forward to, which is what everyone wants right now. So why would you even think about postponing? It's just like give it, you know, everyone needs something to look forward to. So if you're a fan, like you said, you have a following, put it out, or at least you know, put it out in a few weeks and just make people. I mean, I was counting down the days for that PJ record, you know what I mean? And I bought it, and I was like, oh, sweet, can't wait to throw it on the turntable. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, There's yeah, really... The thing is with uh, Weekend, which we didn't mention, is the label wanted him to push it back, and he said, they no, I've, my fans want to hear it. I've already put that date out. Let's not mm. mess with this. And uh, now he's probably smiling, looking at him, saying, listen, listen to me. I know my fans. Like they, yeah. You can't just pull the plug. And he was sitting on a good record, too. Right. It's not like he was like, ah, you know, it was an EP with four songs and whatever. We can hang on to it for a little bit. This was, nope, this is really good, and uh, people like it, and they're going to listen to it. Jeez. It just brings me up. It just brings to the point, again, that there's always, 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 it just never ceases to uh, surprise me that there's a disconnect between the artists and the business side of things. It's just like, it's you can't have both brains and for whatever reason that business side is just like they think they know but they never really understand what's going on they think they do and i'm a business guy and i'm also a creative guy to an extent too so i do have that weird duality to an extent but not 100 like i'll never be like a musician um i've done music business but i've never i'll never be a musician but i'm a nerd you know what i mean so it's just like yep you gotta pick you can't be both I feel like it's pro- it may be it's, impossible to be both. It's hard to do both well, and I think mm-hmm. the people creating content like The Weeknd and like Newfound Glory and Pearl Jam, um, they, especially you know th- those bands that have been around for a long time, know what their fans like and want, and and will take risks, but also put out stuff that they're gonna like. So maybe listen to them when they think they know what's going on. It's it's funny because you do need that dichotomy. You do need to change it up a little bit. You need to have some differing thought. You can't have everybody saying the same thing. But yeah, you you should definitely. I think they know best sometimes. My guess is the weekend didn't have an upcoming tour. Would be my guess. Newfound Glory did. They had a co-headlining tour with like Simple Plan, which was canceled. So that you know the record store experience. Uh, spiel might have been bullshit but um they um but the tour that might have been the reason why it um they said you know we're not gonna we're gonna push this back because we need to support the tour yep speaking of the record store experience um wasn't tomorrow record store day not to Uh, bum everybody out salting (laughs) my wounds Uh. now it's not over it's not gonna not happen it's just we're a ways away from a good record store day again um postponed again (laughs) they've been doing record store day what for 10 years roughly yeah we'll deep dive on that at some point for sure where we have a little bit better because it, it kind of originated here in our home state with our home uh, record store, so we yeah. wanna we wanna we wanna pin them up too. Yes. But yeah, it's, uh, 
it was supposed to be tomorrow, and it's it's like nerd holidays. Like I I, I look every year. I, I love when that that or twice a year because they do the Black Friday. Yep. I look for the list to come out, and I'm like, well, that's I need that. I need that. I need that. Do I need to get up early and get in line because these are ones that might go? And I've mm-hmm. done that before. I don't know if you guys have, but yep. I've gotten up and stood in line outside of Bull Moose Music in, in Scarborough, Maine, or Portland, or wherever at 6 in the morning for an album that I needed to get my hands on. I needed to be the third person through the door to get. Oh, man, that just go it just bumps me out again, like, as you were saying. Sorry, that, it, sorry. No, no, because it's, like, the infrastructure that goes into Record Store Day is also kind of affected by it. You can't wait in line. I mean, what, are they going to be social distancing and have the line go, like, all the way across town? Like, yeah, right. Um, oh, man. Well, at least the virus doesn't move sideways, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do famous, yeah. famous meme. I do kind of now that we're thinking about it. I do kind of. I'm starting to come around with Newfound Glory, where it is, especially Record Store Day. It is an experience. Like you're, if you want something that's hot, you're gonna wait in line, and you're gonna be surrounded by the nerdiest of the nerds. That I mean, I've waited in line. I think two or three times. And you're chatting with the guy next to you. You're, oh, you love it. It's you know, fun. what are you going oh, for? Awesome. You know, what do you want? Yep. And it's, it's, uh, it reminds me of, uh, what is the Insane Clown Posse Gathering of the Juggalos? It's like the nerdiest, <laughs> yeah. most specialized, like, lane. But if you're into it, it's your freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, it yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah, I always and, make and, the Star Wars comparison because yeah, it's like totally. Star Wars people, like, they wait in line for those movies. Yep. I, I like Star Wars, but I'm not into it like they are. But that that's like a geek level that we're doing with the music, waiting in line for records. It's like, yeah, man, you're getting that one too. Cool, man. If, if you get get it before me, maybe you can snipe me one too or something so I don't get shut out or, you know, like. <laughs> or like the beer culture. I mean, you, yeah. you yeah. see people, you yeah. see people in, in California when Plenty the Younger comes out at Russian River, mm-hmm. blocks of, of line. It's just oh, blocks yeah. and blocks of people. Same thing happens in Treehouse in Massachusetts. Uh, seven days a week there's a line out into the parking lot they had to build a new building and set this whole place up so that they could have lines for the beer so yeah it's the same idea it's and and you know what i've done that a couple times i don't love doing it because it's like it's beer and i can get good beer without having to do that but sometimes the experience is half the fun and going to stand in line with your fellow whatever type of nerd it is whether it's beer music movies you meet you make new friends like you just do yeah like-minded in individuals and when the product's good it's just like i'm happy to do it you know what i mean yep oh yeah the value of that product goes up like through the roof yeah beer's totally. a good one too beer's a good one because it's like you're drinking it and for me and especially now that beer culture has gone this way which i'm so stoked on is can art like really cool can designs oh, yeah. yep and so there's a brewery here pure brewing uh and they would just they were doing a weekly can release and it's every saturday or like every other Saturday, I think sometimes sometimes they would skip a week, and then you wait in line and like all these really rad designs. And I would pick, I'd go there for the cans. I'm like, I I know this is going to be an amazing IPA. I don't even care anymore. You know, I've drinking so many yeah. IPAs at this point. I'm a little burnt out on it. I'm actually drinking less IPAs than ever. Um, but but you're yeah. in Cal- the, yeah. the the birthplace of the I mean the modern IPA, not the, the one the, the British ones, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's probably that's probably why I burnt myself out because I was not only is it everywhere here, but like. I was buying so much beer just for like the vessel, like the can or the bottle, that I have like a garage filled. My wife hates me for it. She's like, "You need to throw this stuff away." I'm like, "I can't. I will never throw away these cans." <laughs> and it's it's trash, like legitimate trash. <laughs> well, but not to nerds. Yeah. The uh, 
mark my words, we'll come back to this episode at some point. At some point in the near future, there are going to be variant cans. So, you know, you got clear vinyl, splatter vinyl. There's going to be variant cans where I get the the, (laughs) the swirl. I get the uh, Uh, Bissell Brothers swirl. Yeah, monkey. Monkish and uh, Treehouse did a collaboration, and they have four different types of cans. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the beer inside. You're coming yeah. for the can. <laughs> Actually, I found one from when I worked at uh, St. Archer. It's a girl skateboard. It's a skate company. St. Archer with collab. And it was a small release, and I have one in my uh, garage. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, this thing's actually kind of like a collector's item now, which is kind of cool. But Yeah. We'll we'll deep dive in. I mean, this is a tangent off of the uh, the record store day situation, but yeah, this is yeah, this is that. This is boozy vi- at boozy vinyl on uh, Instagram. Um, lots of beer pictures because I'm a, I'm also into some beardery. But um, we'll definitely come back to the um, where this all started, the um, uh, record store day conversation, and and get a little more deep diving into that because. It's uh, it's something that we all love, obviously, and we'll we'll get into the beardery and the other outside collaboration nerderies that we've seen with music and other various um, things like, uh, you know, booze and I know Slipknot put out a put out a whiskey stuff like that. So we'll, okay. you'll get more of that from us. Yeah, you'll get more of that from us uh, in the very near future. One more thought on uh, on the whole vinyl thing is you know the whole record store day it brings out the nerdiest of the nerds, and the ongoing joke with uh, vinyl nerds is they don't even listen to the album, which some do, <laughs> some don't. But a fun trick, uh, some label should play is not even putting music on the vinyl and and see oh, if shit. and see if anyone notices. Wow, That's a great idea! <laughs> Just keep pumping out variants and uh, splatter, <laughs> clear, and don't put any music on it. And see if anyone notices. That's so funny because I'm I'm part of that statistic. Like the last four records I bought, me too. They're still sealed, yeah. <laughs> but part of that is because it's so easy to just digitally throw it up on your you know Bluetooth speaker from your cell phone. So yep. if we didn't have that, and if we grew up where when our parents did, we'd just be you know, we get home, we'd un- unbox that bad boy, and we'd throw it on the turntable. Mm-hmm. They're also super delicate, so you're almost like, oh, I don't want to open it, I don't want to ruin it, like. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and some of them are worth some money. Like I have ones yeah. that I haven't opened because they're worth money. Yeah. In the <laughs> shrink wrap is eBay gold. Yeah. <laughs> you guys oh, want to get into some show talk, or you want to talk let's about do it. any yeah. other uh, albums, any new stuff, or? Well, what were you guys listening to this week? First of all. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of uh, going through my show grid a little bit. I need a little. <laughs> Time so break. I um this week we we posted a couple things on on Instagram um Green Day's first album which is not Dookie I know a lot of people think it is wait what uh, <laughs> it is <laughs> and I thought it was 1039 smoothed out slappy hours but I too was incorrect and I'm a nerd who's been a Green Day fan his whole friggin' life it was called 39 smooth and it came out 30 years ago this past week right that was uh yeah. April I think 13th was the date. So I actually revisited that album and listened to probably half of it last week, the the, the tracks that I thought stood out. Because some of the, the, the second half of it is a little whiny 17-year-old mm-hmm. pop punk. But And I'm not there anymore. I was when I first got it, but I'm not there anymore. So um, And neither are they. Uh, but, yeah, I listened to that. I hadn't listened to that in I don't even know how long. Um, it's been probably 15 years. So. That uh yeah no I I I went back listening to that and a lot of it 
is Dookie esque with obviously poor production. Um, it, it's he's still Billy Joe, um, but one thing I did revisit, and I remember seeing this uh, YouTube video a few years ago, but I revisited it la- this this past week. Is there's a video of them? I f- can't remember where they're playing, but Billy Joe is on drugs like a madman. <laughs> he is spazzed I, out. And ah, I wish I had more info on it. We'll, we'll probably try to post it to the IG or Instagram or something. Yeah, but, or, or Twitter. Yeah, we'll do or it. Or Twitter. But he is on something, and he's just whacked out of it. I'm so happy you brought <laughs> this up because I remember seeing, I think it was Green Day playing Woodstock 94. And then I uh, remember seeing a bunch of other videos of Green Day playing like around that time and beforehand. Um, I think up until Dookie and probably after because he went to rehab. Uh, in 2012 i think but uh i remember watching those videos as a kid being like this guy like looks so like weird right now and his head would just like go all crazy his eyes would get super wide so it's funny to say that just like brought me back to when i was a kid asking my brother like why does he like look all like crazy and my brother i I don't think he had like the guts to tell me like he's on like some hardcore drugs it's uh (laughs) it's green day that's awesome performing she um, live at Jaded in Chicago. So you can check it out on YouTube. Nice. You'll know what we're talking about. He's just spazzing the fuck out. Great uh, song, by the way. And actually not a spazzy song. I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah. <laughs> He's slurring his word. I mean, you'll check it out. But Yeah. Oh, man. What did you listen to, Nate? Um, I was kind of all over the map. The reason, the, One of the reasons I wanted to touch on this stuff before the show regret is not only to, to uh, kind of hang the carrot a little bit longer on the show regret because it's such a good segment but um because a lot of these bands kind of go into that list a little bit or they were part of lineups and so forth so like uh i was i'm not going to give it any of anything away too crazy but um jurassic five i played a lot of hip-hop this week for some reason i think it's because i was doing instrumental stuff for work and then i was like hip-hop's like i can i can probably i think i can still work to that so a lot of j5 both records uh quality control and power and numbers like i forgot how amazing those albums are yeah so fucking good like just front to back gold like talk about authentic just like really cool hip-hop that's almost like all ages you know it's like the and timeless (laughs) all all ages and timeless those still bring it today and they Mm -hmm. uh even back when those came out they had uh even a throwback vibe then yeah. Yep. They did. Yep. But especially uh um oh boy, the first one. I'm sorry, Nate. Quality <laughs> control? Yeah, quality control. Uh that mm. felt like, you know, that came out in the seventies and it didn't, yeah. obviously. It came out much later than that, but that, that one definitely had that old school hip hop, like we 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 started boom this bop, shit, boom you know? bop, yeah. Felt. Yep. Yeah. So I was dig- really digging that stuff. I was couldn't get enough of it. Um, Quality control, Tuan, just side note, tangent, and this is what we do. Um, We should have just named it Tangent. (laughs) Um, The last time I listened to that album in full, Tuan, we were up at uh, Acadia with the the wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wives and girlfriends back at the time. Uh, uh, Yeah, we we went uh, from the the island to the mainland for something, and we just pumped that in the car, which was a lot of fun. Great, great album. Go camp in Maine, guys. It's it's a great time. (laughs) When we can, back, you know, in the future. Yeah, bring a lot of bug spray. <laughs> uh, yeah, J5 Records, man, those are so good. I was listening to that, 
kind of got into segued into Deltron thirty thirty. Did you guys ever check yeah, that out? Yep. Oh, is that Del the funky Homo Sapien? Yeah. yeah exactly. Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Mastermind. That's the big song, right? From Deltron, that Deltron album. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I was digging that, man. That was in the headphones. And I was just like, there's so much like going on in those songs. It's like really cool to listen to through the headphones because you hear things you never heard before, which is probably, you know, it's always the best part about listening to stuff mm-hmm. that deeply because you're kind of like, you know, it has your full attention. So, um, yeah, Delcon. Well, and and- Del- Del- Del's cool because he rapped on that Gorilla song, that first, Clint Eastwood, that first gorilla, big Gorilla song back yeah, in 2000. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was, I mean, he had kind of had a mo- his moment and then was rapping on that album. So that was cool. Yeah, he's very unique. It's like, Kind of like J J five is a little bit. I think they they're obviously bigger, but Deltron man, it's like so such interesting music. It kind of gets you like your mind just like in crazy places. Like wow, how do you come up with this stuff? Um, yeah, so those two, a lot of hip hop, more instrumental stuff with work. DJ uh, uh, DJ Crush was listening to, and uh, kind of randomly, David Gray is celebrating twenty years yeah, of his White yep. Ladder record. So. Spinning that too. Babylon's a great yeah. song. Oh yeah, it's Babylon. A- that was the single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fantastic. I've seen him a bunch. Um, he was actually supposed to come through here on the t- on the twenty year White Ladder tour. So talking about earlier with like anniversary tours, like is he gonna, in twenty twenty two that record's gonna be twenty two years old. I don't know. <laughs> it's not really like a year usually like jump up and down about, but uh, yeah. That was that was kind of my playlist. A lot of hip hop and then randomly David Gray. Um, What'd you have, Juan? I find myself revisiting a lot of the anniversary albums. So the Green Day, which then got me into uh, a big Insomniac kick. I, I probably listened to that album three or four times this week. Um, nice. And besides that, a couple podcasts. I mean, I like the Joe Budden podcast. I check that out. The Axe to Grind podcast. Check that out. They're still... Um, pumping out episodes even with what's going on so i would say light touch for me um this week uh nate nate sent us that uh yeah, that's weird. I go- that, oh sorry nate, go ahead i was gonna say uh that uh <laughs> i forgot what you're saying no the, i was gonna talk about that goldfinger song you sent us oh yeah that goldfinger oh open your eyes Oh yeah, I, tra- I I was listening to Goldfinger when you sent that, which is funny because I was listening to older Goldfinger. But um, they had uh, done like a re reimagining stay at home version of Superman, which is cool. Yeah, the Tony Hawk song that's what put them on the map, yeah. which was on that Hang Ups album. That was my yeah. intro to them. Um, so you know how we're clairvoyant guys, and we've talked about that a little bit on the podcast. Um, I was watching the movie Kingpin last night on Netflix just because my fiance had never seen it. And I was like, I love this movie as a kid, but uh, that song plays twice in that movie, Superman. How crazy is that? Really? Like, just, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I've listened to this song all week. And you probably hadn't <laughs> listened to it for years before that. Oh, years, dude. Years. Yeah. Yeah. So light, light touch, a um, lot of throwback, a lot of anniversaries, album anniversary stuff. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> What are the Green Day tracks that uh, come out for you? What's that? What are the Green Day tracks that stick out for on Insomniac? Um, on Insomniac, out? track two, is it Brat? Is it Brat? Right I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. That's a hot topic. Um, 
But track two, is it Brat? The one that opens, Mama Dad Don't Look So Hot These Days Again. Yeah. yeah. That, I don't know. I just, from the jump, it just kicks in and it's fast. Um, I like 86. I like um, Walking Contradiction at the end. Walking yep. Contradiction is my favorite. I love that song. Yeah. Money. Yeah. It's just, I they're in their bag in that album because it's, it, it almost follows the Dookie mold where like Brain Stew is that album's uh, long view. Like it's mm-hmm. the slow one, but it's got um, Jaded is that album's uh, basket case. Like it's, yeah, but it's just so good. I, I prefer that over Dookie. Yeah, and that's probably the, the, their peak. Even though uh, as big as um, American Idiot was, I, I definitely think Dookie Insomniac is there for me. And it's because of when I grew up and when we grew up. But those two albums are awesome. Yeah, light playlists, but Green Day seven times. You really geeked out on that one. <laughs> so you said you listened to it seven times? Oh, me? Oh, yeah. no, uh, a couple times. I would say a couple oh, okay. times. No, seven. Jeez. I wish I had, I wish <laughs> I had that much time. <laughs> Although it, it, it would yeah. still probably hold up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I listened to it seven times in a row when it came out. I'm yeah. sure. So <laughs> I got that album at uh, either uh, Best Buy or it was probably Leechmere at the time when they yeah. used to advertise in the Sunday paper. Shout out to Leechmere again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when they uh, used to advertise the new releases in the Sunday paper. Uh, and for oh, some man. reason, some albums were like super cheap, and Insomniac was like. Eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine, um, and I picked it up. But, um, but yeah, Green Day. We'll, we'll do we'll do deep dive on Green Day one of these. Oh, episodes. Green Day is gonna get that's, that's a full episode. For sure. All right, cool. I think we should. Uh, Nate, are you ready? Finally, can we do this? Or? I was always ready. No, I was oh, always ready. okay, it's okay. Like, I, oh, I kind of want to dangling that carrot. Mike's yeah. not gonna be happy, bro. He's gonna be mad that we talked too long about one thing. Exactly. So you guys want to. Lay the ground rules. Yeah. So ground rules. So this is the show regret segment. Um, so one, it can be, it, it's a show that you missed out on that you would have liked to go to. And that could be for a few reasons. You had ticks but couldn't go. So you had to eat the tickets or you couldn't get it. I guess you go couldn't get a ticket. Um, but the punchline is you had to know about the show and didn't go. And now one year, 10 year, 20 years later, you're kicking yourself. Um, so with that said, Tone, why don't you start us? I can start. I can start. So, um, my first show regret, and I have many, many, many show regrets. This will be a recurring segment. We're, we're, we're sure that we have plenty of these. Um, it's from July 1st, 2018. Uh, I had been in New Orleans, Louisiana, the previous week and we were going to get home late on June 30th and I had bought these tickets thinking that I was going to have the energy to drive back down to Boston from Maine after we get home from New Orleans <laughs> and uh, it was Frank Turner uh, and the hotelier at the Royale in Boston Damn. July 1 now I'm a, I, I've come to Frank Turner a little later um, but love a couple of his albums a lot. I like Recovery a lot. I like uh, Positive Songs for Negative People a lot, um, and I've listened to some of his older stuff too that stuff just kind of jumps out at me and is always good, and he seems like a really fun, cool guy to go see, and I, I've never seen him before, so I was pretty excited about that. 
I love the Hotelier too. So the fact that they were support for this show, and they don't do a ton of shows right now. They've been kind of quiet um, the last couple of years. I was excited to see them too. So I bought these two tickets. Um, you know, eyes wide in June in January. And it became June, and I was like, I don't know if I have the energy to drive all the way to Boston. So and so I tried to tell them, try to get them, you know, into digital form, put them on t- uh, StubHub or whatever, and couldn't do it, and end up having to eat them, and it was such a huge bummer. Um, both set lists are pretty awesome. I think Frank Turner, I've got it right here. Frank Turner played like 20 or 21 songs. Um, was this his like some, mini little festival thing, or was this different? Yes, four four dates at the Royale. Oh, okay. And Royale's a great venue. That's a great venue. I know. Yeah. Was that the Roxy back in the day? It was the Roxy. Yeah, we saw we saw Queens of the Stone Age there, atmosphere there back in the day. I've seen thrice there. Um, Damn. It's a it's a cool small venue in Boston, uh, across the street from the Wang Theater, which has also had some cool um, shows in the past. But um, yeah, this this was a this was a fun. A fun set list it looked like he was on tour for i think be more kind which was an album that i didn't love but had some good songs on it but he's also out with the bouncing souls i think was the name of his band and uh one night he covered thunder road from bruce springsteen which is just amazing um and then played a bunch of stuff from recovery which is i think the album that i love the most by him it's not as widely regarded by his fans but i just love it i just i always always go back to that one when i'm going back to frank turner and then uh, the Hotelier played 10 songs, and they played everything I would have wanted to hear from um, Home, like No Places There, and um, Goodness, which I love. Goodness. I think Goodness was the best album of 2016, if you had to ask me. But, uh, yeah, that was the one that, yeah, I was just so bummed, and I couldn't get rid of them. Part of it is if you can't get rid of them, it's just so terrible. And, I, you know, usually if you can throw them up on Ticketmaster's garbage, they take more money from your website, um, you can at least make some of your money back, but... Yeah, I had to I had to eat them, and we just we got home late, and I couldn't eat, I couldn't bring myself. A week of partying in New Orleans will will do that to everybody. Um, it's just it was 108 degrees there every day in June, and and we went to breweries and walked everywhere, and it was just there was no it was no dice into driving to Boston to see Frank Turner that night. And is there any worse feeling than the actual hour, like when you know they're going on? And you're not in uh, that building, and you're like, uh, shit, uh, like I'm, it's salting the wound because I paid the money, I'm yep. not there, and then knowing that it's going on without you. Yeah, and um, it's summer, and it's my my quietest time of the year as far as work goes, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that, and you know, twenty three year old me is all that all of Oh, He's you're there. there. You were. Th- he has no trouble. <laughs> well, but not it, yeah, not older Jeez. Tony, unfortunately. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, one of the bands I liked from like the mid two thousands. Modern Life is War. They have a lyric about like just dropping and going to shows and whatnot. But it's um, knowing some. This lyric is that they have is knowing something's happening somewhere. Knowing we know we got to get there. And it's like yep. a time. Like there's a time when you would be there, but yep. as you get older, it's just like you have more responsibilities and whatnot. But it doesn't doesn't lighten the lighten the blow. It still hurts. It's I still, still think hurt. about it. It's been two years. Yeah. I still think about not getting to that show. And mainly because it was two acts that I really wanted to see and have never seen. You know, I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been to plenty of things that I've been, you know, I've seen numerous bands that I, I love a couple different times. But never seen Frank Turner and never seen Hotelier. I was pretty bummed that I couldn't go. Oh, man. 
I've never seen. Have you, have you seen Frank Turner Nate? No, I haven't either. You so. guys listen to him at all? A little bit. I um I I like um because he's in that kind of like Lucero. Uh, there's a few bands in that lane that I like. In fact, I was looking at old state theater shows and. Yep years and years ago he was like the third opener for someone i recently saw it i came across it. i don't know if it was in my old flyers or just surfing the web but um i've never seen him he's someone i'd like to check out i feel like tony you've sent me some stuff from him before yeah i probably have yeah because you're always sending me stuff shoot man i feel that heartbreak (laughs) what about about you twan so nate uh tony did you have anything else on frank no, that's good for now. Yeah. Um, so this one, it's gonna, it, it's actually gonna take me a couple minutes to run through it because it's like a pretty wild. It, it is a wild story, um, <laughs> but it fits the category of I had to eat the tickets. Now the wow. silver lining is, it was canceled, but I didn't get a refund. Now ticket did they change the the? No, they they. <laughs> oh, okay. I could have got one, but. I don't recall ever getting it. Um, so here's what it is. So rewind back to 2005. So 15 years ago, uh, Hellfest. So Hellfest um, was a metal and hardcore music festival. I think it started in, in like the late 90s. Well, in 2005, it was supposed to be in Trenton, New Jersey. And I know our listeners can't see it, but in um, we have a Skype call between us, and I'm actually nice. holding up my tickets. Uh, I still like a true yep. nerd. I kept the tickets. Oh, hung on to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, tickets in perfect condition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's uh, a bunch of them because there's a three-day festival. Wow. Um, so anyway, annual festival starting in the late 90s. 2005, um, I had tickets to it, and it was supposed to be in August. And like three or four days before – it was supposed to happen. The it was announced that it was canceled, and at the time it was like crazy lineup: Hatebreed, Madball, Sick of It All, Misfits, Converge, uh, Terror, uh, Kill Switch Engage, Rise Against. So they kind of even expanded it beyond more more aggressive stuff. Like oh, pub, yeah, Public Enemy was the headliner one night, uh, oh, or wow. supposed to be. So Fest was canceled that same week and what was reported to the public on like blabbermouth and lamb goat and all those was that there was a conflict between the promoter and the venue so basically the promoter couldn't meet the insurance schedules required by the venue so for a show like that which the attendance would have been in the thousands um the insurance needs must have been through the roof and the promoter wait wait it wasn't just a high school gym What's that? <laughs> it wasn't just a high school gym. What do you mean? I'm just, fu- I'm just fucking with you. A lot of those metal videos, you see, you know, you see all those dudes in a high school gym just oh, trying to kill each other. At a skate park, yeah. Um, no, this one was I'm actually. I'm just giving you a hard time. Man. This was uh, at the S- Sovereign Bank Arena, so I would say maybe ten thousand people. Um, in fact, the they had sold like five thousand tickets in- to international people. So that's what was. Um, reported to the public. Now I say reported intentionally. So here's the backstory. Oh, so man. Hellfest in 2004. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this band. 
Some of our listeners might have, but uh, Bad Luck 13 Ride Extravaganza. You ever heard of those guys? Nope. No. It's their, I wouldn't even know, I don't even know how to classify them musically. It's it's metal um, meets, the music's metal, but it meets backyard wrestling. So, and not <laughs> in, in, in a gimmick way for sure, but in a legitimate, violent, wild, and crazy way. So, Back then, they put out a DVD that, for some reason, I bought. I probably still have it. But at their shows, no one would book them because they were a promoter's nightmare. Um, and this is no joke. You can look it up. They used to have barbed wire bats, a, 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 a bat, and wrap it with barbed wire, and they'd hit each other with it. With it, They would have um, those what? fluorescent light bulbs, the long ones that you see in offices, and smash those over people's heads. Um, they would bring out... Uh, animal parts like pigs heads and fireworks and stuff so all their shows were in like basements and DIY venues and whatnot so how does this relate to to Hellfest so the year before Bad Luck Riot 13 Riot Extravaganza played their um, was supposed to be their last show at uh, Hellfest 2004 so the year before I was supposed to go and a riot broke out at the show, and that was in a gym. It's funny you say high school gym tone because huh. they played yep. the Hellfest b- year before. It was in a smaller venue, and they had um, metal bleachers that got tipped over. Um, there's like smoke bombs and all this other stuff. So how does this relate to Hellfest 2005? Well, there were rumors, and I don't know if this is true or not, but when there's smoke, there's fire that bad luck was going to bring explosives to Hellfest 2005 and, and blow the place up. Um, oh, crap. And that's the rumor why it was canceled. So obviously if you're the venue that sovereign bank arena and you start sniffing this out, you're saying hell to the no, I want nothing yeah. to do with this. Um, right. The irony of all this is I did some research tonight for this and I couldn't find much on, that angle like there's some stuff on like old blabbermouth and lamb goat um mm-hmm. articles saying like the insurance thing but that was like a big story like bad luck was gonna blow uh, they were gonna blow up hellfest and they said N- hell no so i say wow. this show regret because i regret i'm glad that we didn't you know it was canceled because no shenanigans happened but the lineup if you look it up if you're into heavy music at all Hellfest 2005 lineup, it's awesome. It's got everyone that in that in that genre at the time. Because a lot of the bands that are on that, you know, they did the Ozfest route a couple of years ago. But I had some fun thinking back to that one, and I would, like I said, I was able to dig up the the uh, actual tickets. And for a three day festival, it was hundred bucks, ninety nine bucks, wow. or forty bucks a day. What? Yeah, and there were like multiple stages. It was like a heavier uh warp tour basically that's a steal but yeah, that's uh that's kind of my show regret i i because the that show would have been amazing you know pay a 100 bucks come get blown up i mean no. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly no, man, go on youtube check out crazy. bad luck riot third bad luck 13 riot extravaganza um on youtube and you'll be like I can't believe this exists and who would go to this. Cause it was, there were riots. They were, it was insanity. Wow. What year was this again? Uh, Hellfest 2005. 
Oh five. Okay. But they. I was the, gonna say because like, yeah, you can't get away with that kind of stuff at all anymore. So like that was yeah. Oh five makes sense. Um, still that's though. Insane. <laughs> you just. I mean, obviously knowing what you're into and being like into that that scene and going to those shows. The show, the lineup itself is something that you would have loved to go see. So the regret there is obviously real. Um, but then hearing that maybe you would have been blown up, part of you must feel pretty good that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Nate, you bring up a great point that those shows to that extent cannot happen today. And yeah. the re- the single reason why YouTube, because back then yep. you, a promoter would have no idea what goes on at those shows because they'd never seen it. But yeah, with the um, exactly. introduction of YouTube, all bets are off. Like you, I'm not booking you guys, but yeah, yeah imagine YouTube. 13 dudes in like with weapons and masks and everything. You know, oh my gosh. craziness. Check it out in in the the Hellfest 2004 final show for them is on YouTube, and it's like a riot. Like just check it out. So so did the the the. Uh... The festival was that the last time it happened was '04. I I believe so. Now it's re, it's it's made a comeback, not in the states, I don't believe, but in Europe. And I think it's just a single day, like a big day event. It's like one of those yeah. big festivals, huge outdoor festival. Yeah. But that's that mine. Just made me think. Oh, it just made me think for a second, like something outrageous like that. It's like Gigi Allen. Like you couldn't do that oh, stuff anymore. Totally. You know? it, it's it's Gigi Allen on steroids times 13. Wow. It's totally, you nailed it. It's totally Gigi Allen-esque. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like something you like don't really think really happened. It's like that's like a urban legend, but no, it's real. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> what do you oh, got, Nate? How, how many dozen show regrets do you have? <laughs> it's funny. Nate's it's still like... prepping. He's been prepping for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> it's just like crazy because it's like I've seen a lot and I did, I've gone to so many lengths to not miss things. But obviously there's there's things you just can't get to or things happen. So um, one that like really sticks out for me because it was like heartbreaking is I wanted to see this show so badly and was huge into this record that dropped. I'm like, I need to go to this show. I will do anything it takes. Um, and I wasn't even living um, in the state that I wanted to go to the show or the area. Uh, so I was living in New York City at the time. And this band was probably rolling through there, so I probably could have saw it there. Uh, probably could have saw it there. But I wanted to go like with my brother, and he's a big fan too. So Radiohead had just dropped In Rainbows, which is a phenomenal album. Yeah. And they were playing uh, Tweeter Center. I guess it's called Comcast Center. And I was like, let's go, man, let's go. I, like, we have to go to the show. You're a big fan. I'm a big fan. And he wasn't really, like, motivated. He was like, you know, like, I love him. I've seen him a bunch. You know, it's not that big of a deal, which is surprising to me because he saw them at, like, for, like, all the albums prior. Like, he saw them for, like, the Benz. Like, he saw them. He saw some pretty epic shows. And I'm like, we have to go to this. I'll do anything. So I, like, bought the tickets. I'm like, dude, I'll buy them. So I went online, bought the tickets for me and him. I'm like, let's do this, man. He's like, oh, all right, basically, like, I'll, I'll drive because I was living in New York. I didn't even have a car. So it kind of goes back to, like, back in the day when you couldn't see shows because you didn't need to find a ride. You know, it's like it's back to that again. <laughs> Comes full circle. Um, so all through that, like, literally, like, I by the time I had convinced him 
and mustered up like, okay, I guess I'm gonna just buy the tickets for both of us. Um, I think is it was getting so late. It was like maybe like 3 p.m. So South Portland to Mansfield, Massachusetts is all, is already a trek, you know. Yeah. And uh, now we're gonna be driving down there. Probably, you know, most likely gonna hit traffic. And so we did. Finally got in the car, kind of like a beater car anyway. Went down there. We're cruising along for quite a bit, and then we hit gridlock traffic, like gridlock, like way out. We were still an hour out, and it was gridlock traffic getting in. So the show was either oversold or like everyone, you know, had to, you know, work or whatever before the gig or something. So it was just like gridlock. So we're crawling. I think we were in traffic for like two and a half hours. We start getting probably, I think, a mile away from the venue. And the friggin' car breaks down. Oh, I'm like, uh, God, are you kidding me? <laughs> did you have tickets, Nate, at that point? Or were you going to Yeah, because get... you had tickets? I bought them. These were uh, digital tickets. So I bought the tickets online and had them, like, you know, digital format. So I had them, yeah. I just purchased them prior uh, that day. And, uh, yeah, the car breaks down. I'm like, oh, this is... and it sucks because the show had already started because there was so much traffic that the gig had already started. So Radiohead's already playing. And then I'm like, it's a kind of like, do you ditch the car and go to the show or do you figure out the car thing and then go to the show, but it's going to be over. Like it's kind of like a loss either way. So we called to get the you know car towed and everything and then went to some place to check it out. And the car actually was fine. That is just like overheated or something, but it like Jeez. literally, it wouldn't drive. So like if we had just like waited or whatever, or let it cool off or whatever, obviously we're like panicking. So we just didn't know what to do. Or didn't want to. We were just flustered, you know. Um, we missed the show. <laughs> By the time we got back in the car to go to the venue, they were playing the last song, which was the, the Reckoner. Uh, Such a great of, song. Yeah, off of In Rainbows, we could hear it, and it was like, all right, well, that's the the show's over. So now we just got to head back. And it like will always crush me because it was like the amount of effort and like everything I did to go to that gig just to like be in a situation where a lot of people are the car breaks down someone passes away emergency comes up and we like couldn't see the gig and i had the tickets and it was like last minute and i went through all that effort to like make it and it just like did not work out and it's such a trek like going from south portland to mansfield is like a commitment you know yeah it's so. like a three-hour drive yeah yeah and um, it's 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 that experience is different than yours tone because tone like you knew you weren't going to go. You're at, in the comfort of your own home. But, Nate, you're trying to get there. Yeah, that's <laughs> the worst. And, you, <laughs> and then you get shut out. and then But then you get to drive home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully the car doesn't die on the way home. <laughs> yeah. It was just like compounding. It was like, had we left earlier, maybe we would have not hit traffic. So the car wouldn't be like essentially idling for three hours. Like, I don't know. It was a bummer. I always, yeah, it's I rough. I'll always think about it because, like, it's hard to see radio. They don't tour much. It's hard to uh, find time, to, you know, have a chance to see them in the first place, like, in your area. So, yeah, I was just like, I don't know why that one stung so much because I've seen a Radiohead before. But that album, when you're into the album that they're touring on, you're kind of like, oh, I got to see this on this tour. Yep. You know? It's, a, it's a time and a place thing. And that, yep. and yeah. that, actually, that I'll touch upon that same thing in my next one. But it's totally mm -hmm. like, when things align like that, where it's like the perfect album, you love the venue, um, you know, you're younger and you might have a better shot at getting there. Mm -hmm. 
um, aka Tone with uh, <laughs> Frank Turner. You have well, less responsibilities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. less responsibilities. Yeah, yep, for sure. <laughs> All right, um, my second one. We should probably move to the next one, right? I have. Um, I last summer uh, had a had a awesome had an awesome weekend planned, right? It's the middle of summer in Maine, which is just prime time here. Um, where I Friday night I'm going out to play a little golf in the afternoon with my buddies. I don't have to work, and then when we're done with that, we're all going to Thompson's Point, which is this outdoor venue on the um, water in Maine, in Portland, Maine, and uh, we're seeing Lord Huron. So we go to that show. It's an awesome show. Where you know we had a couple of beers, enjoying ourselves. I got tickets to a show the following night. Um, the show is getting near the end. The Lord Huron show is getting near the end. I go to like high five my buddy, and we end up like in a in a bro hug, and he turns his head at the last second and pokes me in the eye, <gasps> and I can't what? see for like four days. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So so the rest I'm not of laughing. that. <laughs> like I couldn't see the last like 15, 20 minutes, probably four songs of that that Lord Huron show. Couldn't see anything. Could only hear it, which was cool. It's still cool to be there because you're feeling it. Like people are enjoying themselves. I'm fucking blind. Like I can't see shit. <laughs> wow. My two buddies have to walk me out of the concert, and I'm like, shit, man. I I have tickets to a concert tomorrow night. I hope I wake up in the morning. And I can see. I don't. I wake up the next morning. I can't see. I got tickets to see the Menzingers at Aura in Portland, Maine, which is a tiny little venue in Portland that yeah. used to be the asylum, um, and it holds a couple hundred, you know, maybe, maybe just under a thousand people. And I'm really into uh, the, the album that they they're in between uh, after the party, which is an awesome album they put out a couple of years ago, and um, last fall they put out um, Hello Exile, which is also a very good album. And I'm really, you know, I just gotten into them too. It's been a couple of months maybe a year, year and a half since I started listening to After the Party pretty regularly. That's an awesome album by a you know semi-pop punkish band, more punk than pop um, from, uh, I think they're from Philly. I can't, I'm not, don't quote me on that. But they, um, you know, th- it was about, gr- you know, kind of growing up and it hit me at the right time because I was growing up too, you know, becoming an adult and more of those responsibilities and just loved that album. It's like, what do we do when the party's over? We got to go be adults and live our lives and we can't just be out at shows every night which i was trying to do for two days in a row and couldn't pull off because i had an eye injury <laughs> so, oh my gosh yeah like you couldn't see it all couldn't open my eye yep couldn't open my eye i no. finally was able to open it about tuesday so damn had to eat those tickets had them was ready to go me and my fiance were gonna go she was actually kind of excited to see something she'd never seen before and we uh we couldn't go i was in bed most of the day and um, finally was able to open my eye a little bit, maybe Monday morning. But at that point, they had come and gone, and I had to eat those tickets. It sucked. Was there any part of you? I was going to ask if you had, if it was just you that had a ticket or if you had someone to go with. But uh, was there any part of you that was like, I'm going to go, hey, fiance, you're going to be my blind companion and, yeah. uh, you know, guide me uh, there? thought about that. <laughs> had I been able to, like, really move around a little bit more um for those of you who have never had a corneal abrasion like a really serious one and i've had a really serious one um they're about as painful as they come they don't last super long like your eye heals quickly but they hurt like fucking hell so just oh trying to not even move your eyes but if your eyes are closed and you're just like trying not to see you still move your eyes and you don't realize how much you do that until you're in pain 
and it, it was so bad. So I was just like, we can't go. I want to, but it's you know ibuprofen's not touching this. Yeah, it would have been cool to you know get you know put sunglasses on and take a stick out and be a blind guy for a night and have her walk me around and I could actually probably drink too because I wouldn't have been able to drive. <laughs> but yeah, it just wasn't in the cards and it was a huge bummer. What was the terminology? What was the injury called? Uh, corneal abrasion. Nice. It's so- a paper cut. It was a paper cut on my eye. It was a it was a bill of a hat that got me, but. I had had one in the same eye years ago that was a legitimate paper cut, and yeah, this this Ooh. just kind of exacerbated said symptoms. Damn. Now, have you seen them since, or ever? Have... Never seen them. And that 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 makes it worse. Oh, um, yeah. Exactly. Now, what's going to make it even worse is if they if you don't see them before they break up. <laughs> yeah, don't rub it in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're not always this sad. Breaking news: Menzingers break up. <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, and Hello Exile is really good. It came out in October last fall. I've listened to that a bunch. But uh, they were like playing a mix of both of those albums and some of the old stuff, which I've gotten into a little bit too since. Um, I just, it just didn't happen. It was one of those, it wasn't quite the same as like getting almost there in your car three hours later and having the car just say, nope, you're not making it. Yeah. But it was like getting to the end of your show, a show the night before with your buddy on this epic weekend you had planned for most of your summer. And nope, sorry, you can't see. <laughs> have fun at home this weekend. Damn, that's brutal, man. That's yep. tough. <laughs> well, it, it's tough because you're missing it, but then you're also in pain and yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and maybe they don't come back. Like, right. Just they've been here a couple times in the last few years, and I haven't been able to go to either. And maybe they don't. I mean, now we're looking at shows in 18 months. Like maybe they, we don't see them again. <laughs> maybe it just doesn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that sucks. That, that'd be really bad. That's why like, this segment's uh, so timely because it's like. You're gonna, we'll be able to do this segment for years. I mean, yep. we'll be able to do this for years because we're gonna we're gonna miss shows even more and more and more. And you're gonna have those bands will break up in this um, in this time of uncertainty. So yeah, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Show regret 2020. Everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, remember when I had tickets to all of those shows this summer and they just didn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, Twan, I think you're up, man. Yeah, so this one, I'm usually like a stickler for dates, but I can't pinpoint this date. So um, it's definitely in the era of 0102, and that's for certain. The other certainty is I think one of the three of us uh, was at the show, and it wasn't me and it wasn't Tone, so that leaves you, Nate. Um, And the show is Deftones. In Boston at the Axis, um, and this was 2001, 2002. It was their club tour, um, and the story is there was a carload of our friends that were going, and I had a tentative spot in that car, and I had a ticket, and it was one of those things where typically for me, a weeknight out-of-state show just it wasn't happening if it was in state you know in portland or something like that you know uh, i could probably go um but i can't remember the reason it might have been parents didn't want me to go or i never even mentioned it to my parents but i i didn't go i ate the ticket um so why that show for me it's the whole time and the place mm-hmm. this was post white pony club show Ah. Uh, 
and I love that venue the access and actually a fact check it could have been the avalon those are kind of yeah. i think we chatted about that last week those are sister venues um small cap oh my god especially the access was in the hundreds um and so they would have just had around the fur adrenaline and white pony to pull from uh and i don't think there was an opener that was i don't did think you, there was an opener did you look up the set list i didn't I didn't get to setlist.com in time. Um, yeah. Go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to find it. Oh, yeah? Oh, I thought you were going to – well, you are going to rub it in. So. <laughs> I um, mean, isn't that what this is about? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Tuan, I was going to say because I remember that show, and I didn't make it to that show either. But oh, it was, okay. But I did make it to an Avalon show. So it kind of depends on what year it was. But I didn't go to the Access show, but I have seen Deftones at the Avalon, and it was incredible. May 6, 2003 at the Axis. That was the one, right? Oh, that was at the Axis? Yeah. That's May it 6, then. 2003. So even so that was yeah, that narrative still fits because it was before self-titled. Mhm. Yeah, it's promoting self-titled, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, God they played, damn, it was 03 they played then. some songs off of that. Um Hexagram, Minerva, Bloody Cape. Yep. Yep. Damn. So, yeah. That one they um, open with they open with my own summer. I mean that's badass. <laughs> and yeah. I and I don't think I'd seen them up to that point because I saw them. No, definitely not. I hadn't seen them, so that would have been an intro live to the band. Wow. And they closed with "Be Quiet and Drive." Which yeah, is amazing. Also I mean, just nice. Not a ton from White Pony though. Hmm. Yeah, yeah not, a, not a ton from White Change, but not a ton from White Pony. So, I mean, you didn't miss a ton of White Pony, which is nice, because that would have been, obviously, to see them in a club playing White Pony tracks. Oh, we yeah. all love White Pony. Not that we don't love self-titled. We, we, we ranked these on Instagram uh, a couple of days back. But, yeah, it, it would have been, I mean, it's still, it would have been Deftones in a small venue with albums that you love. Totally. And I and I don't know if that, Setless sometimes does show, um openers but i don't think there was an opener i think this was i can't remember but i think it might have just been them yeah i was i, I remember this show it was a club tour promoting um the self-titled record at some people call it minerva uh off the single but um i didn't go to that show but i did see him on the avalon i think for their like you know the regular touring cycle yeah mm-hmm. um so they came to avalon after i don't know why i didn't make it to that access show because i remember a few buddies went to that too. It might have been the same people. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. They were at the Avalon in December of 2006 as well, Nate. That's probably the show you're thinking of. That's the one I went to. Yeah. So yeah, and that was, was for Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Rest. Rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my second one. It was Deftones Boston Access 03. Uh, yeah, so I would have been 17 yeah. at the time. So it would have been just like a a great again time and a place for a great album. Although, it, it, actually, I'm kind of backpedaling on it if they didn't play a lot of White Pony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a lot of White Pony, man. So I didn't miss anything. I mean, Sweet. Yeah, you missed nothing. <laughs> oh, no, they, I mean, there was, there, was some, there was some bangers in that set list. You can check it out yourself. I'm not going to rub it in too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nate, what do you got? Uh, I just, I'm having fond memories of the Axis because I didn't see enough shows there. But it was, that's an, that was an incredible spot. Yeah. And it had that old sign in, inside that looked like it was from like straight out of like the six seventies or something, you know? You remember that sign? It was like uh, the light bulbs, like a dressing room type sign. 
I, 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 I don't off the top of my head, but... You didn't steal that, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> it said Axis. It said Axis in, like, those, like, uh, retro, like, light bulb okay, yeah. lettering. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was super it's, it's, uh, retro. It's kind of coming back, but... Yeah. Oh, man. Didn't go to that. Saw Taproot there. At the Axis? Yeah. Like that. But Taproot's always been, like, a club band. Um... Wow, I was, it's so cool like, that it's 2000 because we're like talking like 20 years, 20 years ago. That was 03. So this one was 2000. And um, similar to what you were saying, Tuan, like out of state shows were pretty like taboo. Well, especially but, at that age, man. We yeah, were 16, yeah. 17. So yeah, this is 2000. So I was like super young, um, 15. So I wanted to go to the show. This is very much like in vain with the time and place like you said 2000 so like what are we talking about a lot lately is like new metal so this is like a new metal lineup matched with like a timeless rapper um and i wanted to go so friggin bad and i had a ticket and my buddies had a ticket and they were outside of my house like waiting for me and they kept calling the house line like you coming out you coming out i'm like i don't know yet trying to figure it out um i had gone i can't remember what shows i went to previous to the show but i had gone to like a string of shows before this gig and was in trouble and 2000 like you said like i was young 15 going to like concerts like late night is like crazy so i think i i got in trouble like you're breaking curfew you're going to these concerts um if you go to this concert that your friends are outside literally in the car waiting for you for like you're grounded and i'm like uh i had never been grounded before so i was like uh uh why though like because you're 15 and your school it's a school night <laughs> normal thing yeah you, you know? you've got chemistry in the morning nate <laughs> and i remember being like so crushed because it seemed so like um serious like it was like lockup like grounded for going to the show which we have like a parent driving that's like not like we're we have a chaperone like it's all good you know um, and it was just like super strict. Like if you go to the show, you are grounded. And it was Limp Bizkit, Eminem, Exhibit, Papa Roach, Anger Management Tour 2000. Oh, that's right. Just, Anger Management. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Limp Bizkit was huge with uh, hot dog flavor. What was it called? Uh, chocolate Starfish and the hot dog yeah. flavored water. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I think it was touring before that album even. No, I think it had just dropped. And then Papa Roach ran fast. Exhibit was oh, was big, and Eminem for Marshall Mathers when he, that guy was nuts for that tour. Yeah, you know the chainsaw and stuff. The like, chainsaw, yeah, yeah, like all the antics, like that whole show. There's some really cool footage of that that tour and just that era of the Marshall Mathers LP. But I just every time I'm like, it's like we just love that we we're from that era, so obviously we really like that music. But those bands, that was like all those artists, especially Eminem and Limp Bizkit, when you'd want to see them. Full lineup, yep. tons of energy, like just psychotic <laughs> Marshall Mathers. Um, and it's like, a, I just feel like, man, if, if I just like wasn't told you'll be grounded, I would have just you gone. You should have just gotten grounded. I will, yeah, exactly. In <laughs> retrospect, being grounded is kind of like a slap on the wrist. Um, Where was that show? The Worcester Centrum. Oh, the Centrum. Jeez, yep. that's small. For that's that tiny yeah. for that that, for that yeah venue? that's Jesus that venue's tiny yeah. for that show, a couple thousand people maybe, uh maybe yeah. ten eight to ten, 
I feel like. Oh, the yeah. Centrum. I thought, uh, I thought you said the Palladium. The Centrum. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Centrum yeah. is not. Yeah. Yeah, that's. But, but even I the saw, Centrum. I saw a large part of the Centrum. Yeah, the Centrum's small. Not very big. Yep. It's weird. It's like almost. I mean, now when you think about it, like Eminem alone sells out Gillette Stadium. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Different time. But I mean, they were all up and coming. Yeah, you'd think like Eminem could sell out an arena, just him. But I'm always surprised about those g- gigs, though. When you look at some of those lineups from back in the day, you're like, how did this not feel like a full on baseball stadium? You know? So. That's cool. Um, you, in hindsight, grounding your, your kids is going to be easy because, like, they, they're scared about everything. So you just ground them, they won't go to those shows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. They down the law. Should have just got grounded, Nate. <laughs> well, nowadays you can just go on YouTube, you know, or Instagram hashtag anger management, and you'll find, you know, someone live streaming the show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it goes back to what we were talking about with if concerts do go virtual, it's not the you know it's not the same experience. Yeah. To be there with my buddy is like. At the show, we had a parent drive by, so we didn't have to worry about like anything except for having fun. It's like, oh man, like, and a road trip. When you're like in a car with with a bunch of friends going to a show, like it's a full adventure. The whole day is an adventure, you know. Yep. Like, Woo, can't wait to go. We're on the way. Yeah. It's awesome. School just got out. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Do we? Uh, uh, we want to go around. Maybe um, do lightning round. Just do a couple minutes. Yeah. yeah, I think we just do a couple minutes lighting around and we save that other topic for another time because I think it's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Did Twan, I thought you might have a, a, a trivia question for us or something. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, you had that, that trivia question a couple weeks ago that caught us off, off guard. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, maybe I'll have a trivia question for us. Which one was both, that? Both times were stumped. Remember. We were like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we were like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Yeah, we didn't know the answer, so. What was the question? Uh, I can't remember. It was the end of episode four, I think. You were like, real quick trivia. I was like, whoa, okay, here we go. We, <laughs> yeah, no, I it. got nothing tonight. I love trivia. <laughs> I thought I you had one. Me. I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> no, um, I think maybe at this point then we can probably kind of call it quits and, and uh, come back next week with, uh, with that uh, other topic maybe to start or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we can wrap it. Uh, yeah. Let's hit the socials again, maybe. Uh, at Patio Slave on Instagram, at Patio Slave on Twitter, and at Patio Slave, or just Patio Slave Podcast at gmail.com um, if you want to email us. And again, we, we thank you guys for, for tuning in. If you've made it this far, we thank you a ton. Um, we, we really love doing this. Like, I enjoy, I look forward to my Friday nights to talk to you guys about music. I'd, I'd do this without the microphones on, so... The fact that a handful of people are checking us out every day is pretty cool, and I'm hoping more do, and, and they obviously can tell we like what we do. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you all. Nate, you get any closing comments to close us out for the week? Don't get too burnt out on the Ticketmaster thing because <laughs> we're all there together in yeah. unity, yeah. <laughs> equally frustrated, yeah. but life's short, and it's not worth being pissed off all the time. Right, and we're only play. like 16 months away from live music again, so. Mm-hmm. Or longer. <laughs> yeah. Or longer. I am gonna. I am gonna try to. We'll, we'll put up a uh, a playlist, a Spotify playlist, and maybe Apple Music as well. I'll try to I'll link those in the socials here soon too, um, of all the things you heard us talk about tonight. 
Um, that's going to try to be a weekly thing going forward. Get you at the beginning of the week. You know, work week is starting. Maybe you're working from home and you want some music in the background. Check out the Patio Slave, uh, you know, playlist and, and what we talked about that week. Yeah. Awesome. Great idea, Tone. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Cheers, guys.